Hey, welcome back to Sorry Blunders Broken, a bartender podcast by bartenders, basically letting people that our stories, our bitches and our gripes, you're welcome. Uh, tonight I am working, I'm hanging out with my buddy Jason. Uh, we're going to be talking about being sober in the industry, how hard it is, how hard it isn't. Does it suck? Is it better? All that fun stuff. It's going to be a good time. Jason, thank you for being on the show with me. Um, you're one of my really good friends that I worked with for a, a restaurant for a while. We're not really good friends. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're, we're, we're friends. Let's say that. <clears throat> I mean, no, yeah. But, we, I mean, we go back. We go back a couple seasons. We yeah, definitely. We were True. definitely in the trenches together. Me and Jason worked at a high-volume crab restaurant in Annapolis called Mike's Crab House. Solid restaurant. Definitely go there. Ask for or don't ask for Jason because he's probably be really busy trying to. I'm um yeah. Putting out fires. Tell you, I'm gonna tell uh, you to fuck off. I'm gonna tell you <laughs> fuck off if you ask me. Exactly. <laughs> now, Jason, you were a bartender before. At some point, no. Yeah. So, um, so I guess long story short about me, um, I got into the industry in college. I was a server, um, and I was pretty young. I was probably like twenty years old, and I, uh, I screwed up this uh, secret shopper table. I did that. Um, I got like, yeah, I got like the lowest score in company history, supposedly. Yep, I thought I did I really that. well. So it was it was surprising to me uh, to learn that I didn't. And I was boys with all the guys in the uh, in the back, in the kitchen. And I knew they were looking for help. So I was able to save my job by uh, volunteering to learn how to cook. So they put me on prep. Um, nice. And I started out there. And I cooked for... Uh, I would say probably like, I don't know, upwards of 10 years and uh, got all the way to the top. Um, I was a sous chef. I was junior management at one point and um, I was pretty miserable. And I had this, you know, yearning desire to get back to the front of the house and learn how to bartend. Um, so that's basically what I did. I jumped over uh, back to the dark side and, uh, um, started serving. I worked for um, one of the more prominent groups in the area um, that I worked for. I've been in Maryland for uh, about 13, 14 years now. Uh, it was Black's Restaurant Group in uh, in D.C., like D.C. metro region. Mm -hmm. um, so I was there for a while, and that's where I really uh, got my stripes and sort of paid my dues, if you will, and learned how to do learn how to do uh, the craft. Um, I made a transition to bartending, worked in, um, you know, a couple of bougie bars, learned the whole craft process behind the bar. I did some um, prohibition-style bartending. That was fun. Um, really got into wine. Um, uh, I love Toussaint, sommelier. Um, really got into it. Yeah, really, really got into that. it. That's awesome. That's not um, an easy thing to fucking do. 
I mean, I don't really drink the vino anymore, so. Right, but still, man, getting that that level two psalm, that's not fucking, that's nothing to, dude, that's, that's, that's serious. Yeah, yeah, no, I was into it. I mean, level one, um, for people that know, level one is sort of like an introductory course. Level one doesn't really make you a sommelier, like, uh, you have to, you have to do the level two exam, that's like the real deal. Um, and then everything after that is, is, is impossible. Forget it. Um, yeah. But, uh, I sort of made a decision at one point that I didn't want to spend, um, you know, my thirties behind the bar. I wanted to get into so, management because long term, I felt like <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I made, I made the jump. I made the jump to management and took a pay cut for the first few years. Uh, the first few years were really fucking awful. Oh yeah, um, I almost I almost did it a couple times, man. And uh, you know, it's, and then um, yeah, it's 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 hard to wake a walk away from that from those uh, from those bar tips for sure, and especially if you're really good at it. If you know what you're doing, you're comfortable behind the bar where. To the point where you can sort of go anywhere and just acclimate uh, yourself to how they do it. Um, you know, it's really yeah. hard to walk away from that. I've but, done uh, it all, all too long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So I uh, got over the hump, and now I'm uh, now I'm in. You know, now I'm in. Now I'm in management. management. Yeah. Well, first of all, like I said earlier, man, I respect the hell out of you not like you need my respect for getting sober i guess you know my first question is at what point did you feel like maybe i should just chill out and just maybe not do this anymore because it's not easy in the industry man it's it's probably harder i think because i i mean there's a handful of people that i know that are sober in the industry and and, and it's not easy and, yeah. and it, you earn – it's definitely fucking – I give you mad respect, man, because I nah, – Thank I, you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've hit the point where I probably stopped drinking for like a month every once in a while because you just were like, Jesus, I'm like doing this more than I should because you're there around it and everybody wants to go out, you know, all that shit. And it's it can't be easy. <clears throat> Now, I mean, like, you know, uh, being young and being behind the bar is, is, is awesome. You know, it, there's so much that comes along with that. Um, and it's really easy to get wrapped up in, in you know, that lifestyle. Um, and it's a lot of fun. You know, I, I, don't, I don't really have any regrets as far as there you know, are. Things, things that I've done in the past. Um, you know, it's it's a good time. It really is. Uh, but you know, as you get older, you, you sort of your your body uh, starts feeling the effects of long term alcohol abuse, whether you choose to acknowledge or not. Your body's gonna let you know when it's like oh, yeah. you know when it's time to stop. Um, and I was kind of ignoring all those signs, so my health started to deteriorate. I started gaining weight. Um, you know, we don't eat very well in the in the business either. Uh, no, so that it's, that it's paired with diet, yeah, yeah, that paired with um, 
you know, drinking more and more as the years went on. Um, you know, it got to the point where in 2019, as a manager, I was, I was drinking every night. I wouldn't drink at work. Uh, I uh, managed to, to keep it separate. Uh, but once yeah. those doors are, once the doors were locked and we started, you know, breaking down and uh, started closing, um, yeah, I would start drinking and I wouldn't yeah, stop till four. Yeah, I wouldn't stop till four or five in the morning. Um, yeah. And, you know, besides the health effects, you got, um, you know, performance issues. My, my uh, stamina on the floor wasn't as good as it used to be. Um, I found myself just tired all the time because you're up all night drinking. You're not really sleeping. And no. then um, you're trying to run a shift. And the shifts at Mike's are brutal. I mean, we're doing, yeah. we're doing like $85,000 Saturdays. Like you can't, oh, yeah. you can't be hungover during that. Um, yeah. And I was every, every day, every shift. Yeah. I've been there. Um, so you just start to miss stuff. And um, I eventually lost my job because of it. Uh, and that was right before, literally, like, the month before COVID started. And um, uh, it got so bad with uh, COVID and everything being shut down that I think I, I graduated from a fifth of vodka a night to, like, a handle. Um, and then my health really started to deteriorate uh, to the yeah, point where I, I saw a doctor. About- I was telling you about Frank. It's it just, I get yeah. it. It's depression. <clears throat> Think part of it's depression and part of it was quarantine and I get it. Yeah. It's like, well, it's, it's also one of those things too. It's like, it's such an insidious process because you're surrounded by people that do the same shit you do. So you don't really, uh, and you're not, but you're not letting people know the level that you're on either. I mean, they would get a small taste of it when we're out, out of, you know, when you and I and everybody else would go out. And I'm able to slam down like ten shots of rumple, and everybody's like, "What the fuck?" Um, you know, they would see a small glimmer of it, but they had no idea. Um, uh, yeah. So basically, a lot. Yeah, you know, I went to see the doctor, and the doctor was like, uh, "You're gonna die before you. You're not gonna reach 40." Uh, yeah. You know, she did blood work, and I had like so much shit going on. Um, so I just, you know, decided that that was it. That I had enough. And being away from the industry during 2020, during COVID, I saw it as a great opportunity, great timing to sort of just take a step back and do what I need to do mentally to get myself in, in better your, shape. For, yeah, for yourself, man. Yeah. <clears throat> I, dude, I fucking get it 100%. Do you think it's easier now? or harder to work in the industry sober with dealing with employees and, and fucking customers and guests. It's definitely, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's because the perspective's different. I mean, I'm, I'm coming in hot every day, right? There's that clarity there. Um, right. I'm firing all cylinders. So like, I'm not really missing a whole lot. Um, like I was before, there's no real fog. Um, the only way to describe it is like you're just your 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 ability to process information, um, coupled with the fact that you're already kind of 
know what you're doing. Like you, like you, you have this wealth of knowledge. You have this great knowledge base that you've you've built um, from being in the industry almost you know 20 years or whatever. Yeah. Um, you're actually able to apply it, and and you just you you do what you know how to do. I would say it's it's definitely uh, my my rope is shorter, if you will. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I I I I am uh, you know when it when it when it, when push comes to shove, and I get that that point five percent of people that I got to deal with in a negative manner. Uh, they don't fare very well uh, <laughs> with with me, especially if they're if they're intoxicated. Um, oh yeah, of course. They 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 get they get the hundred they get the full front. Um, but my ability to manage the restaurant has has improved greatly. It's become a lot easier. Yeah. Um, I would say as far as like being able to perform under high pressure situations. Um, because you're, you're, you're less high strung, you're less emotional, you're less, you're less anxious. Like, right. uh, you don't really have that sort of pull on your emotions that alcohol tends to do. Um, you know, I'm not dealing with that anymore. So, um, awesome. you know, decisions, decisions so are more concise and uh, there's a lot more, there's a lot more consistency. But yeah, my fuse is way shorter, bro. Like I go off. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Like I'm like, it's it, it's bad. It gets really bad. Awesome. But it's few and far between for sure. Do you still? I, I forgot if you smoke cigarettes. Um, do you feel like? Uh, do you smoke cigarettes? No. All right. No, good. I did when I was drinking. Yeah. Right. I go out I was, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you? I was like, do you? Do you feel like you have another vice now? Like in a healthier way, maybe like smoke weed, or obviously cigarettes aren't healthy. But you said okay, so you smoke cigarettes when you drink, and now you don't smoke cigarettes. So that's good. I would say my biggest vice right now would be baseball cards. Um, hey man, uh, yeah, yeah. I got it. I, I, you know, there's something there's there's something I need to do to occupy that space. Once I got over the hump and I went through the withdrawals and the um, all the bullshit that's associated with, with, you know, withdrawing from alcohol and, and dealing with the emotional, uh, the, uh, the massive upheaval that, that comes with, with stopping something that's been a part of your life for the better part of 15 years since I turned 21. Right. Um, you, you got it. You, you literally like you, you, one day you wake up and you're like, I got to find something to fucking do with myself. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, I was in the baseball cards when I was a kid, and Dad and I found my old collection from when I was like, you know, seven or eight years old before I got into, you know, kicks and shit, and um, you know, just sort of got into that. So like, threw myself at baseball, went to a bunch of Orioles games throughout the year, um, and really kind of like absorbed that and nerded out on that. Um, but nah, it? the only thing I'm doing, the only thing I'm doing is drinking coffee. I, I probably drink um, too many Red Bulls on Saturday night, but that's about it. I was gonna say going to Orioles game sober. How much does like? Do you feel like it, you? It's like oh my, you know, people are like I couldn't go to a baseball game if I couldn't drink. I'm like I, I can go regardless, sober or not sober, because I love baseball. But you know, do you think it was really hard in the beginning? <clears throat> no, not at all. Um, you know, in fact, it was the opposite. Like 
all my money went to drinking. So yeah. the the <laughs> idea that I could even buy tickets to a ball game, yeah, was was nuts. You know what I mean? The idea yeah, that I, I could make a like plan it out on my schedule and actually commit to going and, and go um, without feeling like shit. I mean, that was, that was, you know, you can't put in the words, the, the small victories that come with being sober uh, in the, in the industry. You just can't. And I was also really surprised. Um, you know, there's a bunch of support groups on social media. I was surprised about um, like how many people there are out there that are in the same boat as I am. Like what I've done, what I've done for me is, is great. Um, and it's nothing to scoff at, but it's not unheard of. There's so many people out there that do the same thing. It's not, and that's the thing. It's like, it's almost feels like getting sober is like looked as like a minority. It's like, dude, it's, it's, it's essentially, it's better for you. Now, I have sober friends, you're a sober friend, Frank, and I have probably, if I'd say 10 total people. And then another thing is you have an employee that works with you and we won't say his name that's sober too. And right. Doesn't, um, um what's, uh, does uh well we can it doesn't I mean it doesn't matter. Does Dylan Dylan's sober now, right? Uh Dylan we parted ways with Dylan oh, uh, before I left the first time. Um uh, but he is sober now, yeah. He um he went to rehab and he got the help that um he felt he needed. And now he's I mean now he's doing really well. He's got uh I think he's got like four or five months. Yeah. How how Which long has it been for you, Mike? I mean, Jason. Jesus. Um, today is six hundred and twenty-two. Fuck yeah, man! That's awesome, brother. Man. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Seriously. And uh, I got my license back. I got my license back from the NBA today. So, which is uh, which is great. Also, the one thing that people don't talk about are the fucking DUIs, man. Those suck. Those are terrible. Yeah, I have. <laughs> they are bro, not I have, fun. <laughs> I have, I have two, man. You don't have to tell me. Yeah. No, they're they're awful. Um, and you I would think that after doing a, a couple weeks in jail, that I would have quit drinking then. But I was like, nope. uh-uh, I ain't, I'm water. not done yet. Nope. <laughs> right? I was like, I'm not done yet. I remember my first. I was 21, and I freaking, it was a bad one, and I stopped drinking for all of like three days. Yeah, and I was twenty. Uh, Jesus, I was twenty five, twenty six. My second one, like nobody should get one. Period. Okay, like I'm not proud. I have fucking two, but it's a very common thing in the industry. Like you go to the bar after you guys are done working, and everybody drives home, and the percentage of somebody in the at a it's like a one out of five. So you're with five people, one out of five, the likelihood of getting a DUI night that night is very high. Right. And, and it sucks. Like I've lost, I lost two friends to failed DUIs, like DUIs that should have been DUI, but they actually died that were in the industry. And it sucks. And like, 
<clears throat> I feel like it's good sometimes to dial it back. Like I said, for me, every once in a while, I'll take a, take a month off and just like, and I, I don't go out every night. I don't have to. I don't, I'm 39. I usually take two to three days off during the week. But yeah, it's definitely, man, I get it. And it's, and then you gotta, I think for me, I do take a couple, two, three days out of the week. And I've recently cut out some friends because I've noticed that I have a group of friends that, you know, I only just drink with. And the weather in Annapolis, you know, living in Annapolis, you live for the summer because all the good shit, you can go fishing, you can go paddleboard, you can go, you know, hiking and there's there's so much cool shit to do that doesn't involve drinking and i recently cut out some friends that i seem to just catch myself like all we do is go to these same bars man and it's not it's the same shit and it's like i it's a repetitive thing that i've like bang my head against the table like i can't do it all the time i need i need a fucking break so I, i get it i mean you yeah, yeah, I, I, I get it. Um, it's also like, if we, I knew I knew going into this that it was going to be difficult, and I knew that oh, yeah. um, um, if I could figure out a way, because I, I contemplated on on changing careers and yeah. um, you know doing more with my my degree or or whatever, but I also reasoned with myself there was a lot of cognitive dissonance going on i also said well why should i have to change careers when all i have to do is just not drink um but it's in your face every day but that's the thing too though but when you like one of the biggest things that uh because i did a lot of research on it and and um you know psychologically i sort of had to rebuild myself in a different direction you have to uh it's it's to me and i don't know what other people uh deal with or what they go through i knew that aa wasn't going to work for me i wasn't going to be able to rely on a support group to help me do the work that i needed to do like i knew i had to do the majority of it on my own um and the more that i sort of uncovered about myself and why i drank you get to the roots of why I would drink the way I would do because putting away a handle at night is not normal, and that's not fun either. Like it's not no. it's not a fun it's not a fun thing to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Drink a handle of vodka it's it's fucking painful. Um, yeah. So uh, it got to there's a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy involved and a lot of um, you know sort of altering behaviors that led me to drink in the first place. Um, I get it. So once, once, once I addressed the behavior, um, I realized that it didn't really matter what was going on around me, as long as I didn't behave a certain way, I wasn't going to drink. Um, as long as things didn't affect me a certain way, or I didn't allow them to affect me a certain way, I wasn't going to drink. So I was really surprised that I was able to be around people, go to the bars, and and get behind the bar. Uh, at Mike's for the first time and just do my job. Like, I didn't even think about it. Um, there was a shift on, what was it? Presence, Presence Day? Presence Day. Yeah. Presence Day. And we were, we Are were you saying short. Presence Day? I think it's Presence Day. 
Is we that where you get, behind the bar? Is that where you get presents on a day? Yeah. So we <laughs> we uh we were short behind the bar and I was pretty much up here the whole time. Like half my shift was spent behind the bar. I was up for six hours and I couldn't tell you how many drinks I made, but we ran like between four and five grand, which is a lot for a day. Oh, uh, it was uh, a fucking Monday. I worked uh, it's it was it's it's a beautiful day outside too. It was a fucking nightmare. It was it was oh, terrible. I bet. I bet. Um and I made hundreds of drinks. I was on the service bar. And I didn't even think twice about it. And, you know, it's one of those things, too, where, like, as long as you keep it simple and stop trying to fucking figure everything out. Like, I don't need to analyze why I was able to do it even though I have an alcohol problem. I just know that I'm able to do it. So just keep it moving. You know, there you don't need to necessarily uncover a reason behind everything. It's just, like... <laughs> If people ask me, they're like, how are you able to do it? And I'm like, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Just, I don't fucking know. You just do it day by day, man. And I know that's like an I, AA thing or whatever. Just, it's fucking day by day. Dude. It's not even a day by day. The, 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 the way I feel about alcohol is we got fucking divorced. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, alcohol became an unhealthy spouse that was trying to murder me. And like just ruining your health, like physically yeah. murdering. Yeah, oh yeah, taking all my money, trying to murder me, and literally like an ex-wife. Yeah, <laughs> you just don't you reframe things in your mind. Um, it's sort of like alcoholism for me became one of those big giant weeds that you see in like overgrowth that was like thirty-five feet tall. It developed a wooden thing, and the only way that you take care of something like that is you pull it up by the root. Um, so that doesn't go back. Like I knew that I had to make a decision and stick to it. That no matter what happens in my life, no matter what, alcohol is never an option. Right. No, dude, I like, get it. It's, yeah. And that was to me. That was the only way for me personally to be able to do everything else. I get it, man. And I feel like I met your parents and their fucking sweethearts. Your dad is awesome. I've always said that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like with them, the support system was probably there like 100%. <clears throat> sure. You know? Sure. I mean, you got you to gotta you, have people in your corner. Do you um, think um, the owner of the restaurant was really supportive for you? Well, see, that was the thing, too. Like. Um, you AA, even though I'm not into AA, they're not that far off as far as like their logic um, and how they think. Like you, you, you kind of once you realize um, sort of the like tornadic path that you left in the wake of of alcoholism. You, you if you're if you're like me and you think like me. Um, I was like, there's some things that I feel like there's some bridges that took some damage, but they're not burned yet. And I need to make, I need to make those right. Mm -hmm. um, and I also, it was on the tail end of, of the pandemic. We're, we're, we moved into 2021 and I was like, you know, the money's about to run out. I got about a year sober. I think I can do this. I think I can do this. I need to get back out there. Um, 
And I like something about going to other places without talking to Tony first because he was the one who gave me a shot and he's the one that I let down. Um, he knew that I had a problem with booze. Um, and he actually liked me and enjoyed working with me. And, you know, I just felt like I needed to make things right with him. Whether he brought me back on or not was, was irrelevant, but I needed to look him in the eyes and tell him that I'm okay. Right. Right. Like I needed him to know that. Um, and I'll save this for a podcast and I'll tell you why. Um, uh, because there's there's a while there where I, I just I kept this whole thing private. Um, Wait, hang on oh, one second. No, it, Wait, did this thing go? Were you guys on the whole time? No, 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 no. no, no. It's, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Am I the only one that got kicked off? No, all of us. Okay, where were you at? We were talking about Tony. Um, gotcha. Okay. Okay, we were talking about. And the, so Tony, the conversation. Tony, yeah, yeah. Tony, Tony's the owner of Mike's, and he's a great guy, man. He, he let me come back twice, so that says a lot. Yeah, I went in there, and you know, I needed a job. I went in there with my head held high, but getting a job was not the number one priority. It was definitely like a close second. <laughs> um, right. But, you know, he was able to tell immediately off the gate, you know, that things were a little bit different because there's some, there's things about your physical health that immediately improve once you get off the sauce. And, and when you were drinking to the point of like, you were sick, like, like I was, um, you know, it's an, it's a noticeable difference. Um, and I just told him flat out, like the conversation lasted less than 60 seconds. And I just told him straight up, like, Hey, uh, we both know what I was, what I had going on. Um, that's not a problem anymore. Um, I, I took the necessary steps to, to make sure it's never a problem again. Um, so I really think that where we left off is not where we should finish. And I think that I could help you out. Uh, and I really think I could run this place like, you, like you needed to be run. Up, right. He's a straight up guy and he likes straight up answers and yeah. doesn't, no bullshit guy. So I basically told him, I was like, I straight up said, give me the other shot at it. Down. Yeah. And uh, here we are. That's a good deal. Yeah, that's <clears throat> great. You were going to say something you said when we got back on. Um. Yeah, just as far as like you know, telling telling the story. Like I, I didn't really start doing this until recently. I, um, you know, it's something that I've, I kept very private. Um, you know, one thing I will say about whoever comes across this like and listens like to it. Were, did you feel like you were like ashamed to talk about it? I mean, it was it was a lot of things, right? So first, like denial's a bitch, right? And it's really it's really yeah. true what they say about it. Like, and the thing about drinking. Right. And, and getting to the point where it becomes such a problem where it affects your whole life, you, if no matter how good you think you're hiding it, everybody knows that you got a problem. Like, I'll say that first and, and foremost and straight up. And everybody who loves you and cares about you is waiting for you to acknowledge it and try to do something about it. For you to, to right. you just see it. But they, but they all know. <laughs> the only, they all know that you, 
that you want to discuss you. Like, they might talk, yeah. they might not discuss it with you or confront you about it, but they all fucking know. Um, so I think for I think hanging out in the industry too, not to cut you off for a second, but like when you surround yourself, for me, when you surround yourself so much with the same people that do the same fucking shit that are yeah. just like you, it's hard to like, oh, I don't have a problem because I hang out with these people all the time and they do the same shit as me. So it's, and they enable you to like, hey, let's do a shot after work or hey, let's go to this, you know, let's go to Weston. And, but it's like, oh, it's fine because there's 10 other friends of mine that do the same shit. So it's fine. I mean, and that's, you know, that's honestly one of the, the hardest parts about it is not doing all the extracurriculars. Um, but when you get to the point where you've taken responsibility for it, and the reason why it's so important that I bring up the fact that to me it's, it's rooted in behavior is behavior is something you can take responsibility and accountability for disease or whatever it's kind of like a crutch if you're like oh it's a disease i have a disease you're not to right. me you're not really taking full response you're not giving yourself the ability to 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 own it right right i think disease no, I, I think I, cancer like you can't do anything right. about that <laughs> not to <laughs> One of my favorite fucking comedians, Mitch Hedberg, one of his lines used to be, uh, like, he um, said, he's like, alcoholism is the only disease you get yelled at for having. No one ever says, damn it, Jeremy, you got lupus. (laughs) Jeremy, you're an alcoholic. Yeah, I mean, the vodka's not going to drink itself, right? So Exactly. Um, so no, in that, in that regard, just, uh, yeah, I don't have any problem telling people that like, nah, I'm good. Uh, and, and in the beginning it was hard. Like I had like, uh, like little quibits set up, um, because I wasn't really, really ready to own it and talk about it like publicly. Like I didn't want when people want to invite me out for drinks, I would just like, I, I had like a couple of go-tos, like one of my, one of my favorites was, Nah, I got yoga after this, um, <laughs> which is funny because at the time before I lost, you know, like forty pounds, I'm still a big guy. But I, yeah, I you don't look good. like uh, yeah. you don't look like a yoga guy. Yeah, no, exactly right, and it's also the timing of which you know at this point it's like one thirty in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. Say, like we just said, like, like and it's like what, what are you uh, doing? What? what fucking yoga studios open right now? <laughs> Tell me, I want to know. I want to know right, what's that. So. So that was good. Um, uh, or I would be like, nah, I got a, I got a uh, 7 a.m. with, uh, with Jeff Bezos. Yeah, that was a good one, too. Sure. Um, yeah. But like, but now it's, you know, the cat's out of the bag. Everybody knows. And the reason why is because uh, I want people to know. It's, it's a story that needs to be told. Like, and, and a good friend of mine who's a GM out in Houston, um, you know, he's, he's grown with me and he's, he's older than me and he's kind of watched me go through all this shit and, and come out on the other side. And, you know, we've talked about it, 
uh, the last time we talked, and he said, he's like, Jay, you got, because I was hesitant to put it on social media that, that when I hit my year mark, I was hesitant to, to I guess, let the world know, if you will. I don't fucking right. know. Right? No, because like, it's but I was just shit like, I don't want to, there's like a stigma, you know what I mean? I, I was like, he was like, Jay, he was like, this is a, he was like, this is a great story. You got to tell people. And I'm like, it's nobody's fucking business. I don't want to tell anybody. He's like, Jay, if right. you tell, if you tell everybody and one parent is present for his kid, if one uh, person in the industry takes a foot in the right direction because they heard about your story, he was like, if you, if you tell your story and you save somebody's fucking life, he was like, you can die with a clear conscience. And I was like, motherfucker. Right. All right. Yeah. Um, when you say it like that. <clears throat> no, for sure, man, because it's not, <clears throat> again, it's not easy. I'm not, I'm not sober, but I, I don't go as hard as I used to go to, you know? And I, like I said, I recently cut out some friends because I don't want to keep doing the same shit and I don't need to go out every night because there was a time. And for me, I'm not like to compare myself to you is not anything. Like I remember my second DUI and my dad basically said like, this is like, I said, I don't know if I'm an alcoholic. He's like, I'm going to go old school. Kind of like your grandpa did with me when I was ripping and running. And he said, you know, go, go a month, go a month without drinking. And then, like, if you feel, if you feel like you need a drink at the end of that month, like you're itching to the point where you go straight to the bar, then like maybe you should, you gotta look inside, and you probably have a problem. But if you right. don't, and I know it's not the best way to, but that's how I, you know, took from my dad, who had the same, you know, and my grandpa was, I'm pretty sure was an alcoholic on my mom's side. I remember when I was a kid, seeing absolute bottles on the freezer and the cabinets but like i didn't know what absolute was then you know <clears throat> but so i i get it man and it's and it's not easy in this fucking industry a hundred percent i'm not saying it's easy period um me personally i didn't go to aa I, I i was like i don't think this is for me either i think i can do this on my own and not knocking aa because it does work for some people but I felt like sure. it was a huge click. It was a huge click. And um, they I just, instead of not drinking, it was cigarettes and hooking up with each other, which is, don't get me wrong, I do that in the industry. So I don't need another group to hook up. What is um, it to say? Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the AA model is, is very archaic. Um, and it's almost, you know, and if it works for you, that's, that's great. That's the whole point. Right. Um, but it doesn't work for everybody that goes there. Like, it's right. almost like, a, the, it's almost like a forced, this is the only thing that's going to help you get sober is going here three, four, fucking six days a week. But some people aren't built like that. I don't think. Right. The idea that that's, that they're the only way because the court's, uh, remand you to it while you're in that's recovery. Really, that's or another whatever. thing that should, shouldn't just be a thing with DUIs. Maybe go to a, a psychologist instead, a court appointed psychologist, you know? 
I don't know. It's I I I mean for me personally the realization that nobody was gonna figure this out for me. No group, yeah. no no meeting, no psychologist, nobody no was gonna give me the keys <laughs> to the kingdom, right? Like this is something that I had to do on my own and it was something that needed to be done no matter what. Like it was literally do or die. And when you give yourself, when you break it down to its easiest terminology, when you break it down to like the easiest terms you can in your mind, where you're like, this is it. Like I either do this or I don't. Um, the decision becomes a lot easier. And then all of a sudden you don't really, to me, you don't really need things like AA. You don't really need things. They're, they're nice. They're tools and they help. I mean, it's, you know, especially if you, you're you struggling. I mean, I still struggle. Like this weekend was, was terrible. And I remember that sitting down. Show. It was awful. And I remember sitting down and like, like looking at Jameson, um, yeah. Looking at a bottle, a bottle of Jameson and service bar and just being like, man, what I wouldn't do for one of those right now. Um, yeah. And then, you know, get because you're a normal person. Um, I still get the, the um, desire to drink, but more of a, in a romanticized manner. Um we we have like especially now in the state of like socioeconomic conditions in America, like we we have like these these memories of like durables, right? Like we're so quick to forget stuff. And like my even my mother asked me, she was like, you know, oh, like I wish you could you would have done more with your because you know my mom's my mom, and I wish you would have done more with your sommelier stuff. Do you regret? Because she picks my brain about it all the time. She was like, do you regret not taking that further? And I said, no. I was like, I couldn't have. I was like, mom, lest we forget that when it got to the point where I quit drinking, I wasn't drinking wine. I hadn't touched vodka. wine. Yeah, I didn't touch wine. I wasn't drinking there's wine. No, there's no vodka. Um... <laughs> what, was the, what was the fucking point of drinking wine? You know, like, what? I'm not doing that. <laughs> like... <laughs> like Vodka's Mom, half I would I would have to I would have to fucking drink four bottles to get the same fucking ride. I would have to, right, I would have to drink a case of wine. It would be so much fucking work. I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so like, you have to. I keep it. I keep it. There's a small part of me that's always in the back of my mind. Um, that as it gets, as time goes on. You can't let yourself, you can't allow yourself to forget what you went through to reach this point. Because eventually, like, like you put sobriety on a pedestal, especially that first year, you're like, yeah, I'm going to reach my year mark, or I'm going to reach my three-month mark, and I'm going to get to that six-month part. And, and you give yourself this sort of, like, incentiv incentivization. Like, it's like the carrot, right? It's like the carrot in front of the horse uh, is sobriety. Right, you you have this idea in your head that if I could if I could just make it to six months, make it to a year, like I'll be okay, and that's definitely not the case. Um, the less you think about it, and the more you move on with your your life, the harder it gets. Um, that's when the real work begins. Is when your your, right. your guard is 
when your guard is down. When it's 2 a.m. and I just got done dropping all the money and I'm the only one there, no, I can have a drink. It's hard. Nobody's going to know except for you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm gonna, I want to wrap this one up with one of my favorite Mike stories involves you and my current roommate. Um, I was just training and I'll never forget it. Uh, it, I think you were, I'm pretty sure you were working and it was, it was Nano was working and Kim came in on her day off after like softball and there was a couple literally about to start fucking in the gazebo. You remember that? <laughs> and I knew I knew the girl. I was like, yo, I hooked up with this girl like two years ago. But I, like they were making out at the bar. It was like nine o'clock, summertime. And then they slowly were like smoking outside. And then I think it was like RJ looked out like, yo, I think I think they're about to start fucking in the gazebo. And Kim was trashed. And I'll never forget that she just said, fuck it. And she just goes out there. Hey, you can't fuck here. You can't be fucking here. God, you need to stop. You need to leave. You guys need to leave. And I lost my shit. I'm like, she just straight walked out there off the clock and told these people to get fucking. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I love it. And of course, she's my roommate now, but I mean, that's Kim. That's Kim.